I am happy to announce that the winner is All About Eve. Parasite. Kramer versus Kramer. Chicago! West Side Show. The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. One flew over the cuckoo's Shakespeare in Love. May I have the envelope, please? It is April 11th, 1983 at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion in downtown Los Angeles, where we have the 55th Annual Academy Awards, presided over by Miss Liza Minnelli, Dudley Moore, Richard Pryor, and Walter Matthau. What a foursome would you ever expect. And uh, it's been a, a sweep of a night, so this is a big suspense moment right now. Could I have the envelope, please, for Best Picture 1982? It should be a five-way tie. Gandhi, Richard Attenborough, producer. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Envelope, Please. It's the podcast where we watch and discuss every Best Picture Oscar winner in chronological order. And we're your hosts. I'm Sam. I'm Rance. Welcome back, everybody. 1982, all I heard was Liza Minnelli hosting, and I just got really excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like she's up there doing a, a Johnny Carson stand-up or anything, I don't think. I'm assuming so. she did more singing and dancing and entertaining there's that a way. Big, there's a big musical number that opens the entire show. Um, that checks which out. Which she's done, she's done before. They had a year in the 70s where she, where she did that, so... Hilarious. Um, all right, what um, else did we find out about this ceremony? There's a pretty big first in this ceremony. We have our first yes. African-American winning Best Supporting Actor. Louis Gossett mm-hmm. Jr. took home the award for an officer and a gentleman. And third. I just saw this movie recently, and it's... Yeah, go ahead. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's fine. <laughs> That's kind of how do I feel. You, do he's, you... he's the best part, far and away. Okay. You laughing at me, dick brain? No, sir! Stop eyeballing me, boy. I'll rip your eyeballs out the sockets and skull. Fuck you to death. Yes, sir! So you, you like his win. I like his win. I do not like Deborah Winger's nomination. To me, she's a supporting actress, not mm-hmm. the leading actress. But that's just me. Right, well, we'll be talking a lot about Deborah Winger next year. For a much um, better movie. <laughs> um, but uh, I... Uh, this is the third, excuse me, I was going to give factoids. I was like, what was my purpose here? Um, uh, he, this is the third black actor overall to win an Academy Award. This is the first in the category. So this yes. now means that the only category where a black actor has not won at this point um, is Best Actress. And that's going to take a lot longer to get to. Much longer, yes. Yeah. Uh, I actually had the pleasure of meeting him once. Oh, very cool. Um, at a TCM event. He was lovely, um, just as you would expect. And um, this uh, is the last time a black actor will win an Oscar f- until, I believe, nineteen uh, the 1989 awards. Yeah. 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 So uh, we got quite... I mean, this is uh, really highlighting how few and far between um, the honoring of people other than white people yes. uh, happens <laughs> at this ceremony and how slow it is for that inclusion to happen. And some of this is about the Oscars. Also, a lot of this is about just what's being made in Hollywood, which is yes. you know where that conversation, Oscars so white, came through a couple of years ago and this last ceremony you know and this last crop of movies um that we had this year in present mm-hmm. day was probably the most diverse that we have managed to be to this point but we yeah. still got a long ways to go yeah. yes we do uh yeah. what else do we find out about this ceremony do you have anything else for this ceremony I do. Um, we okay. have an honorary award for one of the uh, most prolific actors of the 20th century. Um, 
known as a leading, an unlikely leading man during the 30s and 40s, started as a child actor, uh, became a very popular star at MGM. His name is Mickey Rooney. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and uh, Mickey Rooney, I think, um, you know, he has he has a fascinating life. I mean, he was married eight times, and <laughs> including to um, in, including to uh, Ava Gardner, which is oh. just the an interesting pairing. Of people. Yes, it is. Um, that was his first wife, actually. Um, but he. Uh, he was married to more women than Elizabeth Taylor was married to men. So well, well, well. We don't talk about Mickey Rooney that way, do we? Hmm. No, we don't. It's it's an interesting uh, dichotomy there, right? Sure. But is. um, but you know he um. He had uh, a career that lasted almost until his death. He um, he starred very late in the game. Um, in uh, Night at the Museum. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and was a delightful part of that movie. Yeah, you know, he, was. he was. He was still working, um, obviously, in the 1970s and 80s, but he... Um, I don't think people realize that he was, like... He was crowned the king of Hollywood in 1939. Right. Like... He was a huge star that starred in this very successful series of films called Andy Hardy, and then he made those musicals with Judy Garland, and he starred in some, you know, legitimate straight drama films as well. He has one really unfortunate mark on his resume, which is his his turn in Breakfast at Tiffany's. But I I will say that Putting that out of your mind, putting that aside, um, he is a consistently great screen presence, and um, I think certainly a deserving uh, person for this honorary award. But what I find interesting is that Bob Hope came back to to present it to him. Oh wow! There you go. Yeah. So uh, okay. we got a little. We got a lot of Bob Hope there. Um, there's actually quite a few. Um, old schoolers at the ceremony this year i don't know if it's because 55 is a is a good number but um louise reiner presented oh um charlton heston is here got uh uh let's see um jane russell and cornell wilde cornell Um, wilde all right yeah robert mitchum and interestingly, uh, because neither Henry Fonda had passed away, Catherine Hepburn, of course, wasn't going to be caught dead at an Academy Awards ceremony. Um, because of that, uh, actor and actress are presented by Sylvester Stallone and John Travolta. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> Isn't that a weird... It's kind of, So it's that's kind of a weird... weird. It's, a, it's a weird award ceremony. Um but uh, the thing that I, I, I mean, I kind of just want to go right into, oh, wait, sorry. One sec. George C. Scott was in attendance. Oh, I did see that. Yes, he was. And he sat in the back. <laughs> he didn't present. He was just there. <laughs> he just wanted to see what it was all about. <laughs> Still won't accept his own Oscar. Exactly. Sit in the back of the Dorothy Chandler. Okay, anyway. Um I like to think of this year as the year where movies I like only get one Oscar, but I think they deserve many. Yes. <laughs> fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, such as Victor Victoria, which mm. should be in the best picture race, in my opinion. Right. Um, Victor Victoria is a delightful film about um, uh, Julie Andrews uh, playing a woman named Victoria who is very, very hungry, very, very poor, and she has a great singing voice, but uh, nowhere to use it. And then she realizes that she can pretend to be a man, pretending to be a woman um, in drag, Mm -hmm. um, and she can use that to impress people with her voice, because why would a man have this, you know, woman's four octave range? Jazz, huh? Baby, you're holding my soul together. 
Um, and that uh, ends up making her quite famous, and she um, ends up in a romance with uh, James Garner, who is, um, at first, and this is where I love this movie because it's very queer... Um, uh, forward is that a way to progressive put it, maybe? progressive yeah. um, and that he becomes attracted to her thinking she is a man oh, um, yes. and and is going to it is very actively thinking about pursuing that even before he finds out that she is a woman mm-hmm. um, and I love that aspect of the movie um, and I love, uh, I, I like the whole cast in this movie. I think that, um, I think that he's great. I think she's great. I kind of, I mean, we can talk about, about her win for Tootsie in a second, but I kind of think Leslie Ann Warren maybe should have taken this, <laughs> um, for her, her kind of, um, something between Jean Harlow and Lena Lamont. Yeah, true. Um, you know, like she has the look of Jean Harlow, but she has the yep. voice of Lena Lamont. <laughs> yes. And I can't stand him. Um, <laughs> uh, and I- anyway, I think that um, I think the movie, because it's a musical comedy, probably didn't end up in this best picture conversation because you already have one comedy in there to see. Yeah. And, you know, so the, the serious films of Missing and The Verdict which the verdict is very good. That's that's fine. Um, ended up here instead. But I think that this may be Blake Edwards' best movie, honestly. Yeah, I can see that. Um, it's highly so, entertaining, yes. It's just, like, so... It, it's it's tough not to have a good time watching yeah. it, you know? Um, so that is... Uh, my snub there is I think it should be in the Best Picture conversation, and I think Blake Edwards deserved a nomination for directing i love that okay All okay right. um so that is that is my that's one thought uh-huh my other thought and i think you're probably going to agree with me here I, i'm sure i will um i i could say best picture but what i'm gonna say it's missing is i think that i would have given kevin klein a nomination for Sophie's Choice. Mm. Would you put him in leading actor or supporting actor? I would put him in supporting. That's what I was thinking too. Yes. I I also think I also think that um I, I think it's a great film. I like I, I think it's I think it could be in any conversation. Mm. I think Peter McNichol is great too. It's great. And I would consider nominating him for supporting actor, but I really like um, I like Kevin Klein as an actor, and if you've seen Kevin Klein in the movie that he wins for later, uh, Fish Called Wanda, if you've seen him in uh, The Pirates of Penzance, um, which is, you know, his, uh, he is a musical theater actor with a great voice, he is so versatile, and he can do such outrageous comedy uh, like the movie Soap Dish with uh, Sally Field. And he can also do a film like this one, which is so deadly serious, even though he's playing a character that's sometimes a little fun, you know, eccentric. but he's still yeah. eccentric, but he's, it's still like this dead serious movie. Um, and I just, I think he is a, an unsung actor in a lot of ways, because I think he is extremely talented and he's extremely good in everything he does. And, um... You know, I, I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about Sophie's Choice, um, but uh, <laughs> it might be coming up. <laughs> it might be. I have a feeling that it's it's coming for our next section. I'm just guessing. And if you didn't say it, I probably would say it. So it's fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, but you know, uh, obviously this is a, a, a performance film, and there's one person who is gonna get the lion's share of attention. I, I just want to highlight that even though her performance is immaculate and one of the great screen performances of all time, 
the two supporting actors with her, I think particularly Kevin Klein, do incredible work as yeah. well. It is a great all-around movie. Um, and the thing that I think separates Sophie's Choice and why I think it could also be... This is a stacked year. It's yeah. very difficult to talk about this Best Picture like a category and take things out because of how stacked it is. But I think that the reason why Sophie's Choice rises above so many other performance films, you know, so many other movies um, that will that Meryl Streep will star in later, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, your One True Things and your um, Music of the Heart and your uh, I'm trying to think of another example, uh, Cry in the Dark, you know, yeah, um, all of those are are solid films. But Sophie's Choice is a great movie. Mm, yeah. And it is the overall, it's the direction, it's the writing, it's the rest of the cast um, that I think makes it rise above. And it's just interesting to me that nobody else is recognized, and I, I don't totally understand that. Yeah, it seemed like the conversation was just always about Meryl in Which Sophie's I do understand. Choice. Totally. But I, I get it, too. But you're right. I mean, the, the it's supporting It's in the AFI players, Top 100. Yeah, the supporting players really fill in the rest of that space, you know, because there's a lot of life in the movie mm-hmm. um, and parts of it that, you know, don't take place at Auschwitz or during the Holocaust, you know. So all of the present-day scenes rely heavily on those supporting characters for us to really get a sense of who Sophie is and was. So you're right. They are incredibly important to the narrative of the story. I agree. Totally yeah. agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good snub. Yeah. The, so those are, yeah, I think, I think I'm, I think I'm good. Okay. Those are my, I have a few. Those are my stubs. I, I, there's nothing that's not represented that I'm upset about. So you can go ahead. Okay. I have a few that I think, um, aren't here at all or are here a little bit and should be here more. My first one is Blade Runner. I feel like Blade Runner has now, you know, we look back on it now and we see it for the brilliant movie that it is, but during 1982 when it came out, it didn't really do all that well. I think it was a little misunderstood and didn't really find its audience in 1982 and now people, you know, it's a cult classic, it's a sci-fi um yeah, classic, I guess. And um I think it should be in the Best Supporting Actor category for Rutger Hauer, who plays the main clone antagonist, the one that they're trying to kill, who has that great monologue at the end of the movie. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears in rain basically about what it's like to live as a clone and know that your days are numbered and how do you how do you wrap your head around that when you're not real but you're kind of acting like you're real you know it's it's a really really like multi-layered monologue and it comes at the very end and it's really really cinematic and i think he does a great job so i would have liked to seen him get a supporting actor nomination my next one is in supporting actress and it's for the movie Poltergeist, and I wanted Beatrice Strait to be here. <laughs> okay, I, explain I yourself. Love Poltergeist. They're here. Poltergeist was like the first scary movie I think I ever saw, and it's such a good movie. It's terrifying. It's scary, but it's also a sweet and charming, like family movie, you know. And Beatrice Strait plays the uh what do you call them someone who like investigates paranormal um yeah paranormal investigator i guess that's the word i'm looking for and she has this brilliant monologue with the child the kid of the family talking about what happens when you die where you go you see this bright light and some people get lost along the way and it is very like, reminiscent of how, I don't know, Beatrice Strait is just brilliant at giving monologues. I don't know what it is about her face, the way she delivers lines. It just always works. The same thing happened in Network, which she won her Oscar for. It applies here as well. She is such a good actress, and I think she does something really special in Poltergeist. And I think Poltergeist is an incredibly well-acted movie, and I would have liked to have seen it break into some of those categories. 
And my final schnub is for The Thing, which for some reason is not oh. nominated for either yes. special effects or makeup. And I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> Another movie that I think was misunderstood in 1982 and has now gained a huge cult following and is very well respected these days. Um, and poor John Carpenter, um, who was the director of this film, he talked about this, how he took this really, really hard when it kind of was a box office flop in 1982. People hate, not, not only did they didn't see the movie or wouldn't go see the movie, they hated it when they saw it, comparing it to the likes of Alien and Invasion of the Body Snatchers, just kind of not giving John Carpenter any credit for such a great movie he crafted here. And he says, of all of his movies that maybe didn't do so well at the box office, The Thing is the one that he took the hardest. And I can see why. It's a great movie, and it sucks when, I don't know, the greatness isn't appreciated when it comes out. It is now, but it sure wasn't back in 1982. And I think the special effects and the makeup are incredible. All those practical effects, I'm, you, come on. Those are Amazing. two, you're, you're right. That, that movie should be in this, I, I mean, like, it's still a very stacked year. But I agree, is, the thing is. is something that, uh... Uh, has, I think, risen above in critical consensus over yep. the years. So, although I think it was, I think it was pretty, I don't think it was badly received when it came out. I just think that because it's of the genre that it's in. Yeah. Right. You know. Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, anyway, and it launches a few careers on top of that. So. That is true. Yeah. Isn't it uh, Gina Davis's? No, so that was The Fly. But we've got Kurt Russell oh, sorry. in here. We've got... I actually don't think they're... Kurt Russell. It's one of his... Kurt Russell. I'm well, trying to think if there are any females thing, but... in this movie. <laughs> actually, I don't think there really are any women in the thing. <laughs> Maybe one? There's like one... The Fly. I'm so sorry, researcher. geeks, that I got The Fly in the, in the thing. I, I just got canceled by so many nerds. Right. Um, all the sci-fi people are like, get out of here. They, they turned off the podcast. It's <laughs> Um, Kurt Russell, you know, uh, started acting when he was a kid. Um, and there's a, uh, there's an Elvis movie called It Happened at the World's Fair, um, (laughs) where he has a very small role where Elvis really likes a nurse and he wants to be, have an excuse to go see the nurse. Okay. Um, at the World's Fair, um, at the little health thing. And uh, so he pays Kurt Russell a quarter to kick him in the leg. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. <laughs> and he kicks him really, really hard. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious. You're welcome. Okay, should we move into our spotlight? Since you've already touched on the one that I'm going to bring up, let's just get into this. We can even, we'll, we'll tackle this one together. We'll, let's talk about Sophie's Choice. <laughs> let's get into this. This is... Meryl Streep wins Best Actress for this movie, and it is cited as being the greatest screen performance by a female of all time. A lot of people have said that. It's the greatest, like, actress performance ever put on Sam is not lying. People have actually said that. He does love (laughs) Meryl Streep, but is definitely um, always in the conversation of the top whatever performances. It is. People always cite this as being, you know, so transformative, so this, so that, yada, yada, yada. And it is. You know, when you watch this movie, she's, I mean, what she has to do in this movie is absolutely devastating. It's a story of a woman named Sophie who is trying to make something of her life after she survives the Holocaust where she had to make the most difficult choice any parent could ever be asked to make. She must decide between... Uh, sending one of her children to the gas chamber and keeping one alive. And that is just horrible. Um, But that scene, I think that's the scene that everyone talks about, is the choice scene where the guard asks her, you know, you may save one of your children. And she's, she can't, you know, and she breaks down. And there's a moment where they actually... By the way, spoiler. (laughs) Heavy spoiler. (laughs) I can't talk about this movie with... 66 but like, I the can't movie. talk about this movie without talking about that scene. Yes, but thank you. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Um, but what's really impressive about that scene is when she finally does decide to 
send her daughter off to the gas chamber. There's a shot of her where she's screaming as her child's being carried away, but there's no actual sound coming out of her. But if you listen to Mara when she talks about this scene in an interview, she says she thought she was actually screaming bloody murder at the top of her lungs, and it wasn't until later when she watched the playback, the dailies, that she realized there was nothing coming out of her mouth. It was just pure horror on her face. Well, it's um, the only take. It's the only take. Of and that's that the only take, yeah. Because she wouldn't do Oh my do God. It again. Yeah, I don't know how you would do that again. Good God. Any of it. I mean, Rance, let me ask you, is this the most depressing movie ever made? Probably. <laughs> it, it's definitely up there. It definitely does not end upbeat. It is... Um... That's the thing. Like, they hit you with that, and then, my God, the how it ends, it's even worse. Jesus. It's, uh, it's an incredibly depressing movie, but it also... Uh, really put you in the minds of what it must have been like uh, for so many people um, who had to go through what Sophie goes through. I mean, this isn't a true story, but it it probably rings true to someone in their story. And that's what's so shocking about it. But we're talking about a woman here who, uh, an American woman who uh, plays a Polish woman um, who speaks German for a great deal of the film, but she speaks it with a Polish accent. Right. <laughs> the craft and of Meryl Streep. The craft, the technicality of yeah. Meryl Streep. Um, and the scene, the scene that wins her the Oscar, the scene where she recounts the choice along with the flashback scene of the choice, but also I think that incredible, that iconic shot of her by the window. Yes. You know what I'm talking about. That long close-up, yes. The long close-up. Oh, the truth. The truth. I don't even know what is the truth. After all these lies I have told. Um, it's just, it, it's arresting. And yeah. it's, um, it is the peak of what can happen in a screen performance, I think. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, I, I don't know if it's my favorite performance of all time, like some. Or even your favorite Meryl performance. It's definitely not my favorite Meryl performance. I think it's Well, there's things I enjoy watching more. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, I've, I mean, point blank, I also just think she's better in some other movies. And here's why. I think it is because of Sophie's choice that Meryl Streep, from here on out, starts to kind of get labeled as somebody who is too technical too too almost like too rehearsed it seems like people start to think that it's kind of a gimmick oh it's Meryl Streep doing another accent doing another language and putting on this you know a a new way like you know what is she going to be next time and I think there starts to be kind of some pushback Mm -hmm. after this film on her performances particularly in the 1980s where she does a different accent in a different movie every single year, it seems like. I mean, even just next year, she's doing Southern for Silkwood. A few years later, she's out of Africa. She's doing a different um, accent. And then she's Australian and Cry in the Dark. You know, it started to become, I don't know, people started to sort of uh, step away from that. They, they think it's too technical, you know? Yeah, it's funny, too, because I feel like in, in retrospect... Um, because you know Meryl Streep's career is really interesting. She's always respected um, yeah. in Hollywood, and there is this blowback, as you're talking about, that happens, particularly in the '80s. It cools off some in the in the '90s, but her career cools off in the '90s, yes. and she um, doesn't have as much going on. Even though she does get a couple of nominations, she does um, have a couple movies that do okay at the box office like bridge on oh, yeah. uh bridge bridges of madison county being the oh, yeah. death highlight. becomes her death becomes her was a huge yeah. hit yes um you know so uh i think the river wild did pretty well river wild I, was a big hit yeah. yes it was so she she makes uh in the early 90s she makes some more box office friendly decisions which i think help um reset a little bit but she's still like she's meryl she's meryl she's yeah. Meryl. um the thing that I think started the reappraisal was Devil Wears Prada and yeah. and the box office success of Devil Wears Prada 
And then I think her letting her hair down in Mamma Mia, I think in the 2000s, that's when we started looking back. And now we look at Cry in the Dark. Now we look at um, Out of Africa and we see the accents and we see all that stuff. And I think we actually, I think retrospectively appreciate what she's doing more um, because yeah. we know it's not just rehearsed technicality. We know, I, I don't think, I think she seems prepared when she does yes. movies, but I think there's a spontaneity to a Meryl Streep performance to me. Yeah. You know, cause she doesn't deliver lines in a technical way. She delivers them as if they are offhand. Usually. Definitely. I, I agree with you. That's why I think that that kind of critique she started to get in the 1980s, to me, it just reads as like some jealous bitches who are like, oh, Meryl's just doing, you know what I mean? I'm like, listen, she's doing wonderfully while she's doing it. I will say, though, I think to your point with what's happened after Devil Wears Prada, it seemed like it seemed like she kind of stopped maybe taking herself a bit too seriously. And it looked like she was finally like having fun doing fun. movies and stuff you know whereas i think in the 1980s when she was still developing a name for herself and still even kind of figuring out her craft i think she maybe was just a bit more technical and um i think she needed to just to, to give those good of performances and also i think meryl streep is a person who loves to be challenged and the 1980s i think give us her most challenging movies oh. Yes. You know, yes. and I think when you have something like that, you have to meet that with a level of preparedness, you know? I mean, she is, as you said, she's doing so much. Accents, languages, you know? So there has to be a level of rehearsedness to that and technicality just to make it appear, um, you know, good on screen. So I don't know. I've never quite understood that critique of her work in the 1980s and she's also not the only actress who <laughs> goes out of her way to do accents and languages you know I, I feel like any actress kind of wants to do that those are you know to really change who you are and Meryl Streep has said this all the time she loves stepping into other people's shoes mm -hmm. and walking around a bit and what better way to do that than to play a character who doesn't even speak your language or have your similar accent you know so I just think she really revels in playing completely different people from herself and we see that in the 1980s especially here in sophie's choice you know yeah well you know i think that um yeah i i, I sophie's choice may indeed be her best performance you know I, I think there may be performances that i enjoy more like technically right is that what we're saying it's probably her best technically her best performance <laughs> I, think I don't know the fact that the the work she does in in, in the accents, in the languages, um, is amazing. But I think the fact that it, but that you forget about it is the reason why. I oh yeah, she so transforms good. totally. You know that you just believe if you had never seen Meryl Streep in a movie and didn't know anything about her, and you saw this movie, you would just think that she, that's who she was. That's who she is. Yeah, totally. And on and top of that, too, some... she's also going through a lot of physical changes. I mean, she's she looks like herself in the present day oh, scenes God, that took place in America. In the, yes, but when the she's concentration playing, camp. Yeah. Yes, in the concentration camp, and immediately after the concentration camp, she is so thin, and she looks just withered and unhealthy, and she really kind of transforms herself. You know, not unlike. Robert De Niro for Raging Bull, or, you know, nowadays we're talking about um, Christian Bale transforming his body for a lot of roles. She was doing that, too, especially for this movie. So, you know, she, again, she really is that total transformative actress. And, yeah, it's funny how, like, you don't really get a lot of pushback for the men who do it, but for some reason, Meryl got some flack for doing it. I don't know. Here we have another, you know, the gender roles in Hollywood can be a little tricky, so. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's Hollywood. That's just Hollywood. <laughs> um, I, uh, but anyway, I, I think that the praise is deserved. Oh, yes. I, Oscar, uh, there was nobody else who was going to win this Oscar for Best Actress. I, I'm looking and at the And might I say, might I say, real quickly... Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Francis, but I understand that that is like peak Jessica Lange. 
Francis oh, it's Farmer, really good. Francis Farmer is a real life person as well, mm-hmm. and it is a a biopic of uh, Francis Farmer, an actress who had a lot of mental health problems. Yes. Um, although I've also uh, listened to some podcasts and stuff about the making of that movie, and it apparently has a very like anti psychology slant to it. Yes. Um, oh no, they, is, they blame a lot of it on the psychologists. Yeah. Which apparently is um, because the author of that biography was a Scientologist. Oh god. Um, <laughs> which a uh, whole ball of crap. <laughs> so anyway, but I understand Jessica Jessica Lang, fantastic. Yeah. And that's considered one of her best performances. Mm-hmm. I think that Victor Victoria is Julie Andrews' best performance after Sound of Music. Valid. Um, and so, like, in a different year, they could be legitimately... I, I mean, I think um, you put them... I, I, I'm, As I said last year, I'm totally okay with Catherine Hepburn's win, but I think you put either of those against Catherine Hepburn mm. last year. I, yeah. I think that if you um, put that in the conversation for... In uh, 1978, 1979, 1980, I think all those years you could you could legitimately see, oh yeah, Julie Julie could get her second Oscar for this, right? Like I think uh, I think that Meryl Streep is against formidable. You you obviously you don't think Deborah Winger, but um, formidable competition here, yes. you know. So and I mean the Oscars love Sissy Spacek in the eighties. So this is yes, and let's not forget Missing, which is a movie she's nominated for. Sissy Spacek won the Palme d'Or at um, Cannes. So and in the Best Picture conversation, Jack Lemmon's yes. also nominated. I mean, that was a big, critically lauded film as well. So my guess would be that Sissy Spacek probably was the runner up here. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, even um, she just won two years ago. But yeah. Totally. But I mean, but this is a slam dunk. This is a, I highly doubt anyone was surprised when her name was called. I think the only surprising thing is that it takes another 30 years for her to win another Oscar. And for just a movie that is just so awful. And that's the only thing that like makes me sad is like Meryl's first two Oscars. Yes. And like her first two Oscars, Kramer and Sophie, like these are, these are such undeniably brilliant performances uh, and in really, really good movies, that they gave it to her third one for just a movie that was awful and a performance that, I mean, if you want to talk about, like, rehearsed and calculated, like, and trying to be super technical, like, it doesn't get more um, rehearsed than her Margaret Thatcher performance, you know? I have done battle every single day of my life, and many men have underestimated me before. And to me, it kind of seems like when she is in the Iron Lady, it seems like she kind of regresses back to those old habits and techniques she was doing in the 80s and kind of stepped away from that fun persona she had been putting on since Devil Wears Prada and Mamma Mia and all that, you know? It started to kind of go back to, oh, now here's Meryl doing an accent and playing a historical character in a biopic, you know? It's like, ah, but she's done that. Give us something else, you know? Um, So... Yeah, yeah, it's it's it'd be it it would have been fun for her. To, we'll we'll discuss uh, as we get through the we'll years where we think her third Oscar should be. It isn't human not to be lonely. It isn't human not to be afraid. I think yes. that that is. Uh, I think that'll be an interesting discuss. Who are we gonna take one away from? I and who know. are we gonna give it to her? Instead? I know the year that I'm thinking of is a hard one, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. Okay, Rance, we have to talk about Gandhi. We have to talk about Gandhi eventually. <laughs> Okay. Uh, is there nothing else that you want to... I, I mean, like, did you want to say something about Tootsie? I mean, okay, I feel like we can get into Tootsie a little bit when we're talking about this Best Picture okay. race. Um, Do you agree about... with me? Go ahead. I, I have to yeah. ask you, before we get into Gandhi, mm-hmm. do you... Uh, the thing that perplexes me about Tootsie... I think Tootsie's great. I'd like to make her look a little more attractive. How far can you pull back? How do you feel about Cleveland? Okay. Yes. Um, and... Um, it's an interesting it's an interesting movie um post times up post me too to talk about um mm-hmm. in some ways i think it's it's very progressive in its thought i think in in other ways it's a little of its time but i think overall it's a very good comedy um and it's probably one of dustin hoffman's best performances Taxi! 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 <laughs> problematic though he may be 
Yeah. Um, and, but I think it's it's interesting. I think Jessica Lange's win is more about her having a good year. Oh yeah, because I Absolutely. I don't think she I, I don't think this is her. I, I, she's going to win another Oscar later that I think is a little bit more about their performance. But this seems to me to be more about like, well, we can't give it to you for Francis. Yes, totally. It was <laughs> totally split. I think everyone knew we're giving Meryl the leading actress Oscar. Also because you know. Meryl had one supporting actress, and she had since now been nominated for another couple of leading actress performances, and now is kind of like, let's crown her. This is a worthy performance. So the other one in the category, Jessica Lange, like, let's give her supporting, you know? Mm-hmm. Even though I will say, I think Jessica Lange is adorable and great. wonderful in Tootsie. She, she's great. And she is wonderful. And so is Terry Garr. I, Terry I like Terry Garr is her. so fucking funny in Tootsie. I she's... Wonderful. <laughs> of the two of them, I think I would have given it to Terry Gar. Is what Honestly, I think. Honestly, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially knowing that Terry Gar never gets an Oscar. Yeah. You know, I mean, but also, but also, I think in the category, I'd probably give it to Leslie Ann Warren. So I don't sure. know. Yeah. Um, it's a tough it's, category. You're I'm right. not upset about it. It's just a weird. I think it's. I think I don't think it's about her performance in that movie. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Totally. No, so. I agree with you. There were definitely there were politics behind the scenes. Um, attributing to her win, I agree. But you know who did win one hundred percent on the merit of his performance? Who's that? Ben Kingsley. <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's talk about Gandhi. Winner of eight Oscars this year. It did sweep. Um, and of course, course it movie we have a three hour and 10 minute long biopic on one of those most lauded, you know, people to ever exist. So yeah, I, I understand the love and the praise. Did you like yeah. this movie, Rance? Give me your, give me your feelings, your thoughts on it. Just some general feelings. I mean, I don't think I'm going to watch it a lot. Again. Um, <laughs> uh, because it is, uh, it is quite long. It is. Um, yeah, it is. And, um, you know, and it does, uh, it doesn't have very many, um, strong female performances. And so that's automatically, Rance probably isn't going to watch it a lot. But, um, uh, although I will see the women in this film, although there, um, there's only three that really have heavy roles and I, yeah. I like all of them a lot. Yeah. So I, like, I love least... the actress who plays his wife. I think is the really, act... really strong in this movie. I was gonna say I almost I should have mentioned her for snubs. I think she would have been a good addition yeah. to the supporting actress conversation. Yeah. Um, the woman who plays his wife, who's I am I'm sorry I don't know her name off the top I don't of my either. head. Um, but uh, you know, um, and then there is uh, I don't I can't think of this actress Geraldine James. I think is her name. The actress who um plays the the british woman who um, oh starts to follow him to starts to follow him i yes. liked her kind yeah. of quiet reverence and strength i like yeah, because she's there with him when he passes so it, she kind of like takes up the token when his wife passes away yeah you're right yeah and then candace bergen plays a real life person she yes. plays a, a real photographer which i looked up a picture of that woman and she looks a lot like her which i thought was interesting oh wow okay yeah cool. but i um I'll tell you one thing that I would have liked more of in the movie, obviously Candace Bergen, but I <laughs> thought that Candace. I thought it was interesting when you had, um, I think because I'm the American looking into this situation that is uh, culturally different than what I'm used to. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think it was interesting when her character comes in very late in the game um, to have, um, somebody with my perspective asking questions yeah if that makes any sense yeah um and part of me uh part of me i think wanted more of that just because it gave me a a good bridge into the topic but um uh you know and also selfishly i i just love candace but anyway um I, I'm not going to say she deserved a Best Supporting Actress nomination. She's in literally three minutes of the movie. But I... 
but I do really. But she does. I mean, it's a cameo. It's yeah, funny because she she's really, fine. she's already super famous at this point, and she. I don't know. I don't know why she chose to do a movie. It, it's inter- It's an interesting choice for somebody who is famous yeah. to choose to do a cameo. But I mean, Martin Sheen also basically has a cameo role. Mm-hmm. He's in a There's little a bit lot more of, of the movie. Yeah. There are well, quite I mean, a few little cameos, too. And I'll say this, too. What's interesting John Gilgood. John Gilgood. We have John Gilgood, who has been in... He was in Chariots of Fire as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also have the actor who played um, Little in Chariots of Fire, the American Christian runner. Um, he was. He also plays the priest in like the first quarter of Gandhi. So we have a couple of returning actors winning... Uh, being in another Best Picture winning film two years in a row. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. Mm. Um, no, the ca- the cast is stacked. Um, uh, I mean, like, this is a movie that is um, that has a, a large proportion of Indian actors. And one thing I really appreciate about this movie is that people who are Indian are playing Indian. Right. Um, and a lot of people don't know that about Ben Kingsley because his last name is Kingsley, but Ben mm-hmm. Kingsley is half Indian. Right. Um, and I, you think about think about how disastrous this movie could have been had any of the choices that Richard Attenborough... I, it's so good the movie was made when it was because this could have been Dustin Hoffman. This yes. could have been Anthony Hopkins. And if yep. it had been, I mean, like, that would have ruined the movie for the ages. Had. Yeah. Because um, you're right. I mean, this movie does rely heavily on the actor who's playing Gandhi. And Ben Kingsley He looks is, like him, too. He looks like you, him. He yeah. acts like him. It's, it's, it is a totally immersive performance. And he um, had done nothing... Uh, I, he was, like, a... He was a theatrical actor. Yeah. He'd only done one movie like 10 years earlier um that small supporting part in the film and then he like he came from nowhere to yes. make this movie and this and, really catapulted his career and rightfully so you know um again so, yeah i don't think anyone was going to take this oscar from ben kingsley i think the moment this movie the moment this trailer probably dropped people were like well there it is got it <laughs> just like iron lady just um, like Iron Lady. <laughs> uh, but uh, you remember that trailer, right? Yo, um, yes. But they will rule the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but I think this is, I, I think that this is, no offense, Meryl, you, it, Margaret Thatcher was fine. Um, but I, I think that Ben Kingsley, I think in part because people, you know, it's his star-making performance, um, no one had anything previous to base their Ben Kingsley slate on. I think he's great. I totally think he deserves this. Yeah. Um, I I think the acting in this movie is great. I think that the cinematography is great. I think that overall the scope and everything about the movie is great. Is it something I'm going to watch repeatedly? I mean, it's a history lesson. And so... Um, and a lot of times it feels like a history lesson. Yes. So it's, it's hard to... Um, it's hard to say that I'm going to watch this over and over again, yeah. but and I that's also actually, don't dislike it. Yeah, I was going to say, that's actually my kind of only critique of the film, is that it is trying to do too much, you know? And I just think that I don't really respond that well to a biopic that tries to tell the entire story of one person's life. I like it when they focus on, you know, maybe one section one portion of his life kind of like the difference between Gandhi and Steven Spielberg's movie Lincoln you know we're we're focusing specifically yeah. on one challenge during his presidency and not like Lincoln's entire life same thing with Gandhi i would have kind of liked to have seen a bit more focus cuz i think then we can actually like when you do that you get to like reveal more layers of this person this movie just felt very general like like you said reading a history book like you could you could play this movie in a history class rather than assigning a chunk of your textbook to your students, you know? Like this movie would do just fine. And that's my only critique is I'm like it feels like I'm in class and not like being entertained in a movie theater. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, there's um 
it, it's uh, uh, I think that the most close um, uh, approximation I can make is it kind of reminds me of um, Lawrence of Arabia mm. uh, in that it is a biography of a real person starts at their death and then works backwards. Yes. Um, and uh, is very long. Um, includes leading your way through a movement. Um, uh, so it is... Uh, it, I, I kind of compare those two movies uh, together. Um, also very large in scope, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think Lord's Arabia feels less like a history lesson, which is probably why it is talked about more retroactively. Yeah. Um, but uh, but that's the th- the 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 critique would be is that it does feel like you're in history class. But it's like it's yeah. hard to, it's also hard to deny any of the work that has gone into this because it is so immaculate. Um, yes. And. It, I, I love, and I do really, truly love the fact that it is so um, diverse and inclusive in the way that it tells the story. Uh, that it's not just, I mean, the, the Indian government actually put up a good share of the budget for this movie. So you yep. have a lot of historical accuracy here. This is, uh, Richard Attenborough wanted to do this movie for 20 years before he was able to do the film. And his love shows, yeah. and I really do. I, 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 it's like it's like that. Uh, it's not what I would choose, but it's really hard for me to be upset about it. Exactly, and because like you can't take away from the message this movie is putting out there, you and know, it's and it's such an very important, important. It's very very such important. An important. And I also message. love that it's you know directed and made by a lot of British people in the industry. And this is just, uh, um, this movie does not paint the Brits in a positive light whatsoever. And I think that's important because when we start talking about these themes of, well, especially in themes of like, you know, European colonization, white colonialism, and taking over these poor um, countries and thinking that they can just come in and rule everything and treat the, uh, the citizens of these countries like they're a workforce essentially like cheap labor you know and gandhi the message we're getting across here is he's fighting back but he's doing it in a non-violent way which is so important because you can't argue with that nobody can argue with like non-violent um uh what's the word protest protest okay <laughs> non-violent protesting that's what i'm trying to say um, and what I love about it is, like, it won. He actually did win, you know? And I think it's so important to see that. Yeah, it's it's very, very um, uplifting, let's put it that way, you know? You, you leave the movie with a huge sense of hope, and I think that's an achievement in itself, you know? So I love that. Yes. Um, yeah. and, Do you think um, it is mm-hmm. your best picture of the year? Of the five movies nominated, is Gandhi your best picture of the year? That's a really... Because there's another big movie we haven't talked about yet. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Um, we have not discussed E.T., which was... Mm-hmm. Well, it was. It broke the box office. Isn't it, it broke Spielberg's own box office record. <laughs> isn't it interesting that Richard Attenborough wins Best Director over Steven Spielberg? And then that Steven Spielberg true. cast him in Jurassic Park, where he says, Accurate. Welcome to Jurassic Park. And the year... That Jurassic Park comes out is the same year that Steven Spielberg finally gets his Wins best his Oscar. Oscar. That's some Richard fun Attenborough I love was that. the key. Um, he was. Uh, and E.T. Uh, is a great movie. E.T. is a good movie. Oh, yeah, no. E.T. is fantastic. I, yes. I actually didn't see E.T. until I was an adult, if you'll believe it. Oh. Uh, but but that, I think that made me respect it all the more because I saw that it was actually a good film and not yeah. just a movie you like as a kid um right it um it's funny though because uh, because steven spielberg at this point had had close encounters he had had jaws um 
And I don't know if I like E.T. as I'm, as much as I like those movies. Sure. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. Even so Raiders it's of the Lost Ark, like, you know. I like E.T. more than Gandhi, but I also... Or Raiders of the Lost Ark, I forgot to mention that. Um, but but if I'm at, if I'm looking at... I don't know. I, if I'm looking at Steven Spielberg's career's totality right now... Yeah. And I'm picking what movie of Steven Spielberg's I would have had in one best picture. You know, I, I don't know if it would be E.T., even though I would probably rank E.T. a little over Gandhi. Um, I yes. would rank it a lot over Gandhi in terms of enjoyment, but in terms of overall production, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not... <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think I want Gandhi to win eight oscars but i also i i I don't know it feels like a best picture winner in 1982 so it's really hard for me to yeah uh, and it's it's a big step up from chariots of fire (laughs) that is very true that's very true okay listen gandhi is not my best picture of the year either my best picture is actually tootsie i would i would oh i would and and here's my main reason would you 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 would back that up? Um, I mean, mine's probably Victor Victoria, but it's but it's fine. Right. I I would have loved to have seen Tootsie win picture and director here for Sidney Pollock. That way, we don't have to have Out of Africa winning best picture and best director Ooh. for Sydney Pollock. Tootsie is so much of a better Another movie. Another Spielberg year. Yeah. So mm. I this is where I would have loved to have seen Sidney Pollock get his due because I. I just love Tootsie so much, and I know it's get it's gotten some flack now for the Me Too, some pushback after the Me Too movement, and I understand that. I totally get all of that as well, but I don't know. I still think their intentions were pure when making this movie, and you can see that. And I think, and I just think, well, it's to so, me, oh god, it's a good movie. To me, all of this would have been fixed had we had Sidney Pollock win Best Director for They Shoot Horses, Don't They? There you go. So, yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, but you would have, that would have taken away something that you love. So, oh, well. True that. We can't uh, all be happy. But no, my best all, picture this year, my best pick this year is Tootsie. I, I don't know. I just love it. I love it. And I'll always love it. I will always laugh at it. Um, I will always love the moment in the end when Jessica Lange and Dustin Hoffman finally get together. Like, I just, ah, I love it. The movie makes me feel all types of emotions. It's so good. What a gender bender year we have. Yeah, so many performances in drag. Dustin Hoffman, Julie Andrews. Yeah. Um, and even John Lithgow, uh, World According to Garp. We have, yeah, multiple. Um, <laughs> all right. All right, well, those are our thoughts on Gandhi, everybody. Uh, what are we going to talk about next week? Ooh, next week we have another family drama. We're going to talk about 1983's Terms of Endearment. Now, I've seen this movie a billion times. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, I figured um, you have. Be- and why? Because strong female performances. This is the first movie we've had with true female leads. Yes. Since... Um, Goodness, when was the last one? What was the last movie we had where the woman a best had picture the largest winner? role? Uh, yeah, in a Best Picture winner, the woman had the largest role in the movie. Um, oh, Jesus. Um, uh, it's been oh. since The Sound of Music. Wow, I hate that it's that long ago. God, you might be yeah. right. Because mm-hmm. I'm going through it in my head and I'm not... Oh, no, you're right. You're so right. Yeah, that's it. So yep. we're going to actually talk about a movie, that, probably the only movie in the 80s on top of that, that has, uh, no, no, there's one mm. more movie in the 80s, that you've already mentioned it, um, you, you, Out of Africa. Out of Africa, okay, that's weird, okay, got you, yes. <laughs> I was like, what did I say? <laughs> um, we have a rare Best Picture winner with a female, with female leads, True. I mean, like there, true. There are men in this movie, but they are decidedly supporting. This 100%. is a female-led drama, and I'm excited yes. about that. By the I creator of The Simpsons. That is so weird to me. It's so weird to me. And Mary <laughs> Tyler Moore, right? Yeah, James L. Brooks, Mary Tyler Moore. Oh yeah, no, he uh, yeah he did. He had such an interesting career. 
Very, very um, interesting. Broadcast news. I mean, like, there's... Broadcast news. And, I mean, you know, we have a running theme. Very strong female characters in all of those projects. I so this will be a good one to talk about. That. This will be a yes. really good one. Yes. Yeah, so join us next week, folks. We'll talk about 1983 and Terms of Endearment. Mm-hmm.